The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Do you know exactly how high your sex drive is? Or do you just guess like it's feeling low, it's feeling high? Because if you don't know for sure, I highly recommend that you take a test. I recently did. It's called BASE. And basically, BASE helps you better understand the data of your body through at-home blood and saliva testing. So it tells you like your stress levels, your sleep levels, your energy levels, diet levels, sex drive, like everything that you want to know that you don't know, it tells you. And it's pretty easy. Like all I had to do was just put some saliva in a couple little things and send it over. And like within a week, I knew all of this stuff about myself, which is really cool because your sexual health is so important. If you're dating, if you're single, if you're masturbating, if you're having sex, like you should know what your levels are with your sexual health. And then also if you need like help or just something that'll like get you more in the mood, the House of Wise sex gummies are so amazing. They are made of, there's like CBD in every gummy. Each box contains 10 gummies and it really helps you like, you know, get more in the mood. And like, I'm not, I don't do CBD because I'm sober, but I have given them to my partner and he loves the gummies. He thinks they're delicious. And I really highly recommend, and I want you guys to try them. So if you go to get-base.com slash house of wise, you can purchase a sex drive bundle that has like all of this stuff. And you can get an additional 20% off with code ACME and 20% off your house of wise purchase with code ACME too. So visit get-base.com slash house of wise to see what they're up to and purchase the bundle with code ACME for 20% off. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. Today's episode is with the hilarious, legendary Whitney Cummings. I actually first noticed Whitney when she was on Chelsea Handler, and I thought that she was so funny and everything that she said was hysterical. When we recorded, I was just like, you could tell that I barely talk in this episode because I'm just like taking it all in. And Whitney made a few jokes that just like sent me and I just couldn't stop laughing. But Whitney's great. She has so much energy. Like, wow. And I'm excited to hear what you think of everything that she says because it's a lot in a short amount of time. And I'm very excited for that. Before we get into that, I'm going to answer a few of your questions that you had submitted via Instagram. And then we'll get right into Whitney. I guess we're getting right into this question. Somebody asked, how did you know you were depressed? You know, I joke about it now, but it was a really serious time in my life where I felt like I couldn't be happy. Like no matter what I tried to do, I just couldn't genuinely be happy. I was so consumed with like my exterior and you know, having been dumped and I was fired and I thought that I was worthless. And I just was so, I hated myself. Like my mind was a really dark place. And I just, I didn't know what to do to feel good. And I didn't know how to participate in the world. Like I know that sounds so wild, but I would be in a conversation and I felt like I wasn't really there. I felt like I was just looking at my life. It's really hard to explain and all depression I think is different. But for me, I just wasn't an active participant in my life. I was just like watching my life pass me by. 
And that scared me so much because I was like, I want to take this back. Like I want to be the main character of my life. Right now I'm an extra and I can't even speak. Like I can't even get a word in. I can't, I'm not my usual self. I'm not making jokes. I'm starting fights with everybody in my life. That was a big like telltale, telltale, sell, whatever, you know what I mean. Telling sign. I was like, fighting with everyone. And I was like, everyone sucks. But it was me. Like I was the problem. And it was so hard for me to see that. So I just, you know, blamed everyone else around me. And it was only when I went to therapy that I realized, wow, I'm depressed. Like I was diagnosed with depression and she wanted me to go on medication. And I was like, okay. It was honestly, going to therapy was kind of validating because I was like, at least this is depression. And I'm not, I don't even know. Like I was like, I, I thought I totally lost myself. What's good about depression is that you can get out of it. Like with therapy, with medication, with CBT, DBT, like you can get out of it. So if you're feeling that way, um, keep your head up because there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Somebody asked, when is the best time to bring up that I don't drink and how? I think the more casual you are about it, the less of a big deal it is. When I was dating and single and sober, I would say like upfront when we're talking on an app or whatever it is, like if you want to get ice cream or something else, just because I don't drink or like I'm, you know, I'm not drinking alcohol, whatever it is. Like I think the faster you put it out there, the less of like an elephant in the room it is. And if they have a problem with it, like upfront, then you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to go out with them anyway. Like the worst situation is when you're on a date and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to drink. And they're like, are you kidding me? Like, why am I here? That's really not ideal. So I think the sooner that you can talk about it, the better. I'm wondering if I was truly in love with any of my exes, were you? Honestly, it's so funny. Like when, now in my relationship, I look back and I'm like, huh, Like I definitely thought I was in love. Obviously, I wouldn't have dated these people. But the love that I have for my partner now is more of like a pure, like altruistic love. Like I I would do anything to like make him happy. And like I have no resentments towards him. And I feel like the love I had in the past was very conditional love, if that makes sense. So I wouldn't say that it wasn't love, but it's a different type of love. And I, and I like to think that every partner is a different type of love in a way. Um, someone talked about posting about your relationship on Instagram. I did a little reel that is not doing as well as I thought it would on Instagram about like some controversial opinions of mine. And one of them is like that you don't have to post everything about your relationship on Instagram. I stand by that. Um, but I'm more talking about like influencers who share every detail and then like don't tell us what happened when they broke up. I don't mean like you can't post photos of your partner and share your life and share your engagement. Like that's so exciting. Share that you're moving in together for sure. But I don't think that you need to share everything. Like there have to be some moments that are just personal to you. Like I will record my boyfriend sometimes and he'll be like, that's an us moment. Like that's not going anywhere. And I'm like, okay, I respect that, you know, but there are some people who have absolutely no boundaries and you know what I mean by that. Dealing with friend jealousy when you start new relationships or dealing with being the only one in your friend group that has 
a significant other. This is tough because I feel like, especially when you're young in your 20s and you don't have like lots going on in your life, it's really easy to become comparative and become jealous and feel a type of way towards your friends who have something that you don't have. But I really wish this weren't the case. I, I'm not going to say I wasn't the same. Like there, I'm sure there were moments where I felt jealous of friends for being in a relationship when I wasn't and whatnot. I think it is really normal. And I think instead of trying to work it out with said friend, like just hang out with the friends who can handle that in, the, in that moment, you know, like friendship is a choice and it's an option. And I find that in the past when I tried to pressure a friend or have serious conversations with a friend or, you know, I, I push them away. And I think if it were reverse, it would push me away because it's like friendship, even more than a relationship should be something that makes you happy and like lightens you up. And I think when your friends want to have these like heavy conversations, even if you are in the wrong, I think you just have to distance yourself until that friend is ready to like come around. But I'm sure it's more of a reflection on them and what they're going through than your new relationship. Unless there's, you know, something wrong with your partner. But that's really how I feel. It's just like have that space from that friend and then, you know, have less space when things are normal again or when they're feeling good about themselves again. Post-pandemic dating IRL versus apps. I think you should still be on the apps. Um, I think dating IRL is obviously going to be a thing because things are opening up this summer and that's amazing. I also want to say I went to a... Yankee game the other day. And I've never seen so many attractive guys. Like sports events are where it's at. So if you can go to a sports event this summer, definitely go. But I would say still be on the apps and try to date IRL as well. And the last one, least favorite fashion trends. This is funny. I really hate long boots, like over jeans. And I actually try to make it work so many times. And maybe I just hate it because it doesn't look good for me. Like I will never be that girl who has like stick thin legs. Not that anybody needs to be. That's just that's just me. Like my upper body is like better than my lower or not better, but just something I feel more comfortable with. And so I don't know. I just don't like the boots with the jeans look. Like it just doesn't work for me. Um, maybe it works for other people. I don't know. I feel like it's also very... Like, it just feels like very um, pumpkin spice latte. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Other fashion trends that I don't like. I mean, I think that's it. Like, I'll never really get into the preppy thing. I did for like a hot second in college, but preppy ensemble just doesn't look good for me. Like I heard Lily Pulitzer is back and I'm like, oh, I need to hide. Because that's just not my thing. And... That is all we're going to talk about today because it's going to be a shorter episode and I really want you to enjoy Whitney. So I'm going to turn it over. Hot Girl Summer is here or Vax Girl Summer. I don't know what the kids are calling it these days. But in order to have a hot girl summer, you need to be treating yourself like a hot girl and treating yourself well focusing on your wellness, like self-care. I used to not understand what that meant. I was like, oh my God, yes, like stuff in my face, self-care. But self-care is 
about like being good to yourself and actually like not restricting and not like binging, none of that stuff, but eating really good meals that like are good for you. Sakara is one of my favorite ways to self-care. They have organic ready-to-eat meals that are made with plant-based ingredients and they boost your energy, improve your digestion and get your skin glowing all in time for hot girl summer. They also have daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas. I personally love the detox teas and they help me go to the bathroom and you can experience the amazing plant power with their metabolism super powder. It's made with organic raw cacao and it works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings and reduce fatigue. Perfect for summer. Right now, Sakar is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakar.com slash Acme and enter code ACME20 at checkout. That's S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash Acme to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash Acme. Check it out and let me know what you think. Hey, it's Patrick Starr. I'm coming straight to you with my very own podcast. Say yes to the guest. I'll be hanging out with some of my fiercest friends and spilling some serious tea on business, beauty, and being a boss-ass bitch. With me, baby, you'll never know what will happen. Find yes to the guest on Apple Podcasts or anywhere where podcasts are played. Start streaming and downloading now. And don't forget to subscribe because every Monday we're going in. We got so much to chat about. So turn it up and say yes to the guest. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with the legendary Whitney Cummings. Hey, Hi, Whitney. How's it go? Legendary. Wow. I went with legendary. I like, I just, I couldn't decide. And to many people, you're a legend. So you'll really? take it. Yeah. That's so weird to me. It's That's true. so weird to me. It's very true. I've, so yeah, tell me. Nothing. No, nothing. I just don't want to spend more time on me being a legend, but go on. <laughs> Um, so Whitney, how old are you and where are you from? I know it's like, technically you're not supposed to ask a woman their age, but we do this wow. on the podcast and you wow. look like you're 20. You know what it's so. like, can I tell you something? It's not that you're asking me. It's just that you can get that answer whenever you want. It's so funny when someone asks me, I'm like, I know oh, it's a good, it's a Google away, but I'm happy to tell you <laughs> I, I am. I think nobody believes, uh, my age. It's, it's no one's ever believed I'm the age that I am. But uh, I am 38. I turned 38 September 4th of last year. So I turned 39 this um, September 4th. I love it. And no one believes you because they think, you're, they think you're like 20. I don't know. That's very kind. I think when I was like 20, I looked 40 because I was poor and anxious and dating malignant narcissists and mm. spending all my money on like cellulite creams that didn't work instead of like health insurance. Yeah. So I didn't really... And all I drank was like Diet Coke, beef jerky and red Swedish fish, almost exclusively the sugar free ones. Mm. And because uh, like having eating disorders uh, it really does a number. Um, I was bald with a mullet. Uh, I was <laughs> so I was spending I was spending all my money on the Jessica Simpson hair extensions that you are not supposed to put a curling iron on. Learned that the hard way. Interesting. And, and then I started taking care of myself and um, sleeping was a big one. I had a, I struggled with a lot of insomnia and anxiety because I was like uh, a workaholic. I was in bad relationships. I was an unrecovered Al-Anon. So I was addicted to addicts and trying to get them sober. And I mean, that does a number on the skin. So that's a, that's a lot to take in at once. I feel like sorry. there's so much to unpack there. Um, I know. As someone who's sober, what do you think it was that attracted you to addicts? 
Genetics loads the gun, environment pulls the trigger, and I had both happen. So I come from a long line of alcoholics, which a lot of us do. There's no judgments, right. and a lot of, you know, I mean, we're a very young country. And, you know, oh, about a hundred years ago, they had to ban alcohol because it was such a big problem. Like we've in this fact. country, it is recently. Um, and then when people watch Mad Men and like, I love the show. I mean, yes, our parents drank at lunch, three glasses, three martini lunch. You know, it was, there was, yeah. there was these rolling carts in the office where people would drink all day. I mean, which now you'd go, oh, that's a, that's a, that person needs to go to that's rehab. A problem. That was just, yeah. We inherited that. The women married to those men became Al-Anons or the men that were with uh, women that, um, had alcohol or compulsive uh, behaviors, became Al-Anons. And, you know, this is something we all inherited, honestly. And alcoholism, we don't define as just drinking alcohol. It's like alcoholism uh, is basically just can be any kind of compulsive behavior and something that's making your life unmanageable. So for alcoholism to be present, alcohol does not have to be present. So it can be overeating, undereating, compulsive exercising, compulsive decorating, compulsive sewing, compulsive cooking, perfectionism, it's sex, love, it can be so many different things. So I finally realized that, you know, I got the Al-Anon disease with a, a little dash of love addiction mm. and uh, codependence, which is sort of masquerades as I'm just perfect and I'm going to take care of everyone else. And we conflate love and pity and we grow up to want to date uh, or fall in love with people that recreate our childhood circumstances and right. the, neurochem the neurochemical cocktail of mm -hmm. being, you know, the adrenaline and the cortisol. So we tend to date people that we want to rescue and hurt ourselves and them in the process. So I always say like, when I was like, oh, Elanon, like you guys, the ones that like, don't drink, you dorks, like you're just complainers. I'm like, you know, <laughs> yeah. all this stuff that you did, which is no, like- No, it's just as bad. It's- Get in a car accident, climb the fence to get the, you know, see if the guy's with another girl. We do that shit sober, dude. You do it right. after 10 drinks. Right. I do it at That's four really o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. Really I, will, I will kill a bus of children text, checking my phone to see if the guy that is incapable of love them has texted me back. You know, it's like, it's a really dangerous disease of perception. That's so true. And for anyone who is listening who doesn't know what Al-Anon is, it's kind of like the support group for people who date um, addicts. So, and if you and a lot of other things, but if you are a true Al-Anon, you've already Googled that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Turn the conversation because exactly. you have to know everything all the time. <laughs> so Whitney, what is your current relationship status at the moment? Um, I know you said you dabbled in like sex and love addiction. What, where are you at now? Yeah, I never really qualified for sex addiction. I realized that the sex uh, stuff was only really, hey, hey, nope, nope. Well, sorry, my boyfriend is acting up. Um, <laughs> sex was just to try to control the other person. Mm -hmm. And then the love is kind of when you become so emotionally entrenched in someone kind of too early, put them on a pedestal, essentially get addicted to the adrenaline of trying to chase them and, and get their approval and you lose your identity in the process. What's the question? So what is your current relationship status? I know current. that you were engaged like a year ago. Yes. Yes. And I'm now dating um, a man that's eight years younger than me. So I need birth control more than ever. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's a rock climber with a lot of energy and I'm tired. But yeah, I date, we dated, started dating at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, he's my vet. He saved my dog's Actually, life. Actually, that's so cute. Actually, we're like, have you seen Schitt's Creek? Yeah. <laughs> we're like Alexis and Ted. That's amazing. That you're not, I, except like that you're heels, not working for like him. It, 
Yeah. And I'm like, ain't a man. And he's just like, ha. I actually met him because so no one could figure out what was wrong with my dog, Frank, who's the love of my life. And they were diagnosing him with cancer and, and cysts and all this weird stuff. And, and no one could figure it out. And so he's like a critical care vet. So he's like the top of the top guy. And he just happened to walk by. And I was so afraid my dog was going to die that I made them let me sleep in the crate overnight with him at the hospital, which is like very not thing. They were just like, oh, she's going to kill herself if we don't let her do this. And so there was a picture of us, like the picture you take your dog, like put on the crate was like, like me and him. And he was wearing my hat and he was like, what is that? And he's like, is that Whitney Cummings in a cage? Like what's happening? And then he just looked at it and then he saw all the stuff that just wasn't right. And he came out and he's like super hot. He's a rock climber too. So he's just got like this hot body and this weirdly smooth skin. And he comes out. I'm like, oh my God, this is Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek is one of my best friends. And I'm always like, dude, there aren't hot vets. I go to the vet all the time. He's like, I'm telling you, the new ones are hot. And I saw him and all I thought was like, I'm crying about my dog. And I'm like, oh, I have to take a picture of him and send it to Dan to show him like as this, because we have this running joke. He sits, he sits down, he's explaining to me what's wrong with my dog. And I just try to take a picture with my phone while he's not look. you know what I mean? I'm trying to secretly take yeah. a photo of him to send Dan Levy. And he just looks at me and he's like, are you taking a photo of me? And I was like, no, I am. <laughs> Reco- I'm just trying to record what you're saying. So I remember, like, it was so dumb. And then the quarantine happened and I had another dog that had a problem and I just called him because I was so, and then he, we just, I was like, why don't you just come over every night for the next nine months till the vaccine comes out? And then the vaccine came out and I was like, oh, I still like you. Who knew? That's really cute. I love that. And I love like a pandemic meeting story. Just because you know I'm a little bit into astrology. Do we we know his birthday? Virgos are supposed to know birthdays and girlfriends (laughs) are supposed to know their boyfriends. It's in October. I want to say 12th or... I got it right. Oh my gosh. I got it right. Oh, a Libra. We love a Libra. He's clearly a great guy. But also he, the the key is of why it worked. I finally got to a place where, you know, because in the beginning I was like, oh, this is boring. Like, oh, like this is boring. Like he's too nice. He's too this. And I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. And my sponsor reminded me that what is boring to me is actually just serenity. Like Mm. I didn't have the crazy butterflies that we've all pathologized. I mean, we've all made adrenaline, which is your body saying you're not safe. Get away as butterflies. Right. We've romanticized that, but butterflies are actually a red flag. flag. That's what my therapist told me. Huge red flag. He was, and so is charm. And so Mm -hmm. he was like so nice to me and kind and on time and would show up. And I was just like, Oh, fucking dork loser. And then I was like, (laughs) Oh no, this is, but it took a pandemic. I would have screwed it up. Had the pandemic not, had I not gotten a fatal disease if I (laughs) left my house (laughs) to get me to go, oh, this is what love is. I'm supposed to feel calm. I'm I'm not, I don't, when he's not around, I don't think about him. Like he's not depleting my energy. I'm not checking my texts. I'm not worrying about him. I'm not obsessing. I've never looked at his phone. Like it's just a a new thing that I've worked so hard for. But when it comes into your life, you have to be ready. And I'm like, I've been training for you my whole life and you're here. And I'm just like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know. He works late sometimes. Like I'm trying to find flaws in it. And I tried to push him away a couple of times and he was just like, I'm not doing this. Cut it out. Uh, You need someone that like pushes back. Otherwise it's just like... He just ignored me because it's the same thing like with uh, training horses and dogs. Like the best form of punishment is just ignoring them. Right. Um, And so he would just be like, okay, if you're going to go do this, can I go in the other room? Like if you're going to have some emotional spiral that has nothing to do with me... Like, can I, I'm just, I'm right. just going to work. Yeah. Let me know when you've like worked that out. Like he's so clear 
on what is and isn't his problem and what is his, if it's hysterical, it's historical. I just like, he's like, all right. And I'm like, I'm going to go on a walk. And he's like, great, I'll be here. Like, I'm not right. You're he not, has secure attachment. He just like, you're, you're not going to yell at your dad through me. You're 38. Right, right. Right. He won't let me pull my like manipulative, like victim tricks. That's the best kind of guy who just like lets you be dramatic, but doesn't feed into the drama. It's just like, that's yeah, so but necessary. he's just like he doesn't. Hold, he's like, this is your inner child, and I'm not a pedophile, so why don't you go do that, and I'll be <laughs> right. over here. I love that. Do you think that this? I, I mean, I hate this question too, but like, do you think this is the one, or are you just like living in the moment, like seeing what happens? I think my thing with the one is, and I'm really glad you asked it, and I don't, I don't, I used to hate this question, but I think there's many the ones. You know, I think that I agree. Su- success in life is about just being like. I want this. And I, cause I used to always be looking for the upgrade, you know, I'm like, I'm with the one, but like, who's that? Like, you know, I was mm. I, like just making a decision and sticking to it. Like that to me is the one, of course I could meet 20 guys in Italy and the middle East. Like I could find tons of guys that I'm sure could feel like the one right. under different circumstances, or even if I met them tomorrow. But I think to me, happiness in a relationship is about going, okay, I have, even if you have like 80% of what you want, is the one as far as I'm concerned. And that mm-hmm. 20% is probably you. Anything right. you don't like about them, that other 20% is shit you need to fix about yourself because it's going to be judgment. That's going to be, uh, you know, petulance. That's going to be like old shit. So to me, it's just like, I don't have a pit in my stomach when I'm around you. I feel so like loved by you. You He never... So my deal with love is like, you can be a lot of things. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be jealous. You're never, you, you're never supposed to be confused. Yeah. And I'm never confused where he stand. I stand with him. There's, it's just like, yeah. I always say if you're confused, they're not interested. That's right. That's right. And um, I also, I think my main kind of thing now is, you know, also that relationships have to energize me, not deplete me. Mm-hmm. They cannot. I cannot come home and do work. This whole thing, relationships take work. I have an addendum to that, which is like, you need to work on yourself. You guys can't work together if you have a problem because it right. might be your, you might be the problem. And yeah, your the relationships are should supposed to be easy. Like before, like kids, like they should not be hard. There's no but issue. If it's hard, you probably need to go to therapy because right. either your expectations are too high. Mm-hmm. You're asking, you're asking for something that's just like unnecessary. You're victimizing yourself. You're not being direct or clear. So that's to me, all the problems I see in relationships are like, well, then and he didn't show up to the thing. And it's like, did you ask him to? And he's like, nobody should have shown up. It's like, right. What? No, you can't you're- play that game. Just, and here's the thing, and I say, and I'm sure like mostly women listen to your podcast and they're going to be mad at me, um, but like, stop this shit of like, we're powerful. I want to be a girl boss. It's da, 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 da. And then you're running around expecting your relation, your, your dude to just like guess what you wanted for Valentine's. Like, I just don't know. It's like such a, um, it makes us look dumb. And a lot of times when I talk to women about what's going on with them, it's a lot of assumptions. It's a mm-hmm. lot of magical thinking. It's a, it's a lot of, I don't want to be alpha. So I'm just going to like, let him pick the restaurant. And I'm not going to be clear about what I need. I literally, when we first started dating, I was like, here's my deal. I sleep with dogs in the bed. Uh, most of my friends are male comedians that come to my house and we joke about sex and balls and dicks and the, them, they see me naked and we do dumb shit. And we talk, we flirt, I flirt on the podcast with people when they come on you know, when you do a TV show or you do a podcast, you kind of fall in love with everyone. You're like, I'm totally <laughs> yeah. in love with you right now. You know, that's what we do. And then, um, I, uh, do not sleep in the same bed. It will never, ever happen except on Sunday nights when I get back from tour as him, um, the same bed as him. 
What's that? Same bed. Sometimes we can sleep in the same bed, but I like, I just have a very specific regimen for, cause Al-Anon is all about in order to take care of others around you, you have to take care of yourself first. Yeah. And I'm, I'm done with the days where I'm sleeping next to a guy and I like have to pee, but I don't want to move cause I don't want to wake him up, but I want to be the dream girl. And I have some makeup on and I can't like sleep the way I want to in the clothes I want to. Like I sleep in a full suit. <laughs> pajamas with socks. I have headphones. I have all my creams. You can't touch me. You can't touch my face. You can't kiss me once all my creams are on and my oils and my serums. Like I just have so many hard boundaries of, of what I need to do to be my, my best self in a relationship. And that's your job to find out. So it's like, if you're miserable in a, or something, you don't like something in your, about your dude or what girl or whoever in a relationship, it's probably your fault. And I know that sounds shitty because either you need to leave or your expectations are too high or you're, you have magical thinking because you know, it's like when I hear women or men, and I think this is empowering as fucked up as it seems right now. I love it when something's my fault because then I have the power to change it. If it's everybody else, I can't change it. And then I'm just like, oh, I'm never going to find someone because other people won't change. Like, go, what's going on with you? To, I, I love it when it's my fault. Because yeah. now, I, oh, I know what to do. I can stop expecting this. I can stop, you know, um, putting all, too much energy into this. I can stop being codependent. I can stop giving too much. I can stop people pleasing. I can stop um, expecting to read my mind. Like, I can stop. I can take a contrary action. I can hang out with friends so to make sure I have a life without this person. You know, your life should be right. balanced no same day plans. Like, like if you want to, that's my whole deal with him is like, if you want to go on a date with me, ask in advance, you need, I make my schedule Sunday. If you do not let me know when you want to see me this week, I I just, I won't get to see you. Yeah. But then if he texts me on Thursday, it's like, ah, can I see you tonight? No. Yeah. A lot of us want to go, okay, don't your, your word is no, three days in advance. Minimum. Yeah. That's how we deteriorate our own self-esteem when we don't live up to our own words. So people are like, how do I get self-esteem? You do esteemable actions, you respect yourself and you'd never go back on your word. And so if you're going to threaten to leave a situation, you better be ready to fucking leave. Cause if you go, I'm leaving, if you don't delete her number and then you don't leave now, you you taught him that you're not going to do it. And your self-esteem has been denigrated. It is so important to have your content like on fleek. I always talk about how I could never do it alone. And I do it with so many different tools and so many different apps like Canva, Dropbox, InDesign. And when I found Issue, I was so, so grateful because all I had to do was connect Issue And it's an all-in-one platform that creates and distributes beautiful digital content. So like marketing materials, magazines, brochures, so much more. And they work with Canva and Dropbox and InDesign and like all of these things. So you don't even have to change anything that you've already been doing. And it optimizes your content for engagement and ready to share. So if you're like, I want to be an influencer or I want to be a designer, I want to be in marketing, I want to just make a brochure for a travel company, whatever you want to do, Issue is amazing. And you can use it for free. Or if you sign up for a premium account, you'll get 50% off when you go to issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code ACME. That's issuu.com slash podcast and promo code ACME at checkout for either a free account or 50% off your premium account. That's issuu.com slash podcast, promo code ACME. I want to see your content. Tag me. Let's face it. Being in debt sucks. And so many of us are in debt. And I did a poll question the other day and it was like, 
is your credit card bill like zero to 2000 or 2000 to 4000 a month? And like most people have a really expensive bill and like they don't know what to do. And they're carrying this credit card balance month after month. Well, like you're not alone. Upstart is an amazing, amazing, fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off your credit card debt, high interest debt, funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart. It's so easy and I'll give you a simple fixed monthly payment. All you have to do is go to upstart.com slash Acme to let them know that we sent you and you are a listener and... Go to upstart.com slash Acme and your loan amount will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. But it's really important to help yourself get out of this debt. Like nobody wants that. It's so stressful. And Upstart is really there to help you. So definitely utilize that. Check it out and let me know if you have any questions. Something that you said, which was, amazing, which is like, I got lost in the mix, but you said 80%, like you have to at least be 80% there. And that is so true. Like you can't like go through all this shit with this guy or whatever, if you're not at least 80%, like, cause then you're just going to be miserable anyway. And yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. I just meant, I think a lot of people are looking for a hundred percent. And like, honestly, right. like your, your standards are too high. You're a perfectionist. The common denominator in all your failed relationships is you. I hear yeah. people be like, and he was an asshole and he was a psycho and he was an asshole. So uh-huh. why'd you date him? What's going on with you that you stayed for three <laughs> right. years? That's what it is. Like, that's what, unless you're being physically abused or sexually, that's not what we're talking about. But I think that a lot of us getting off on being a victim or it's like, it's, it's um sort of in our kind of DNA as women that have mm-hmm. been victims. And we get that ancestral trauma, honestly, but like, you know, there's a point where we got to just go like, you know, this, this, get out. And if your friends aren't taking your cell phone and your car keys so that you don't go back and go 30 days, no contact and delete his number, get new friends. I mean, I like hold friends down. I hold friends down and take their phone. Like we're not doing this. And when they're like posting photos on Instagram, and as soon as they go through a breakup and they're posting photos of them sexy on Instagram, I'm like, bitch, take that down right now. Immediately. You're not doing this. You're, you're not luck. posting hot photos for your ex. To, it's just more like for you because now you're going to be waiting for him to respond and waiting for him to text. Like, right. like every day, how do you make a positive contribution to your future self? And every time you're about to take an action, is this a po- if I send this text right now, am I going to spend the rest of my day at work wondering if he's going to text back? No texting till 6 p.m. when I'm done with work because then I'm not waiting around for it. Yeah. But with your guy now, you wouldn't be worried about something like that because it just, it's not a thing. Literally never texting ever. Um, It's the best. It's that's the best. But then don't you like, like if something funny happens, that's like, makes you think of him. Like, don't you want to text him then? Yeah. I'll text him every now and I'll text him like five, like five, like pics of my boobs under the table when I'm working. And then some (laughs) days, some days I won't send him at all and he'll go, what's up? Like, but there's, there's no scorecard and there's no, yeah. oh my God, I have to, like, if anything feels like an obligation, it is a commitment, but it doesn't have to right. feel like an obligation. Those are different things. Do you guys live together? Um, because of the pandemic, basically, yeah. we also realized that I would die without him at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's sort of living with me now. He still has a separate place, but I mean, 
I'm down for that. I'm not worried about relationships failing. That's that's been most of my life and I'm fine. Right. So right. if something doesn't work out, okay, great. I'll have new jokes and a new special about it. Uh, that's why I, I get nervous for people who have like never had failed relationships or rejection. Like that is what you should be scared of if you've never had it before, you know? Waiting for the other shoe to drop. I mean, or not. Like Kate Blanchett married her dude after like three right. weeks and they're still together. I don't know. Chelsea Lynn. She's a hilarious uh, comedian on, mm-hmm. on social. C-H-E-L-C-I-E, Lynn, L-Y-N-N. She married her high school sweetheart like 20 years ago and they're still madly in love. I mean, who? if you had a great childhood and you have secure attachment, like Godspeed. But right. if you don't, you know, it's going to be a little bit of, uh, you know, um, you know, claiming your time back and, and breaking a pattern. Like, it's, I just like to go, what pattern do I need to break today? What do I need to unlearn? Because I just got, you know, a blueprint that, is doesn't work for me. So how do I reparent myself yep. and take control of my choices? Like stop sitting around just doing a bad impression of your parents. Literally. I mean, everybody, everybody <laughs> needs therapy. So we do these really fun poll questions on our Instagram. And we did one recently. Basically, like, you know how women feel so much pressure to like let men finish inside them. Like that's just like a thing, you know, like we just, we know that that's what they want. And like, whether or not we want that, we feel the pressure. And so like women feel like they have to like go on birth control Uh and then they have these like horrible side effects Uh and things like that. Like, I know that you're working with a birth control that is like way better for you. Like, yeah. What is something that makes it's Anavira, right? Yeah. Yeah. What is something that makes it better? So I've done, I think my second special, I love you. And my third special was almost entirely about birth controls that did not work for me. It was called, I'm your girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, you know, back when I was, there was like a patch you would put on that would look like a yeah. storm drain three days later. And then they're like putting implants in us, like we're handmaids. And, you know, <laughs> there were all these, and I kind of like clown on all the birth controls. And then, you know, it was kind of serendipitous that I, I was, I was, I just figured in my lifetime, I wouldn't find one that worked for me. And I, you know, I'm on the road, you know, sometimes 80 cities a year. And I spend most of my time, every city I've gone to the most beautiful cities in the world, the most fun places I couldn't even enjoy because I was running around to pharmacies, like going, okay, I have three left. I'm going to be in Salt Lake city next month. So I need to get a, a have them call Rite Aid. And, you know, I, I was like, Oh God, if I miss it by two hours, I'm going to have a headache or I'm going to be pregnant. And you know, what time zone am I like? I just spent all my time and energy that I wasn't working trying to figure out when, you know, my, cause I, of course at the time also thought it like my skin, it, mm. it affects my skin. And I had all these sort of misinformation about, about uh, what birth control actually did. And I just always kind of like longed for one that um, didn't make my life harder where I could like fuck a lot and not be in constant panic. So the Anovera is annual which means you only go to your healthcare provider once a year and you have it and you only have to worry about it once a year. And also you can take it out whenever you want, you know, like I'm at a point where I'm kind of like, I kind of think I want to have a baby whenever I want. I don't have to like plan it out. And there were a couple where they're like, Oh, if you take it out, your, your uterus has to like restart and you won't be able to get pregnant for five months. It's just like, I'm like, like, I think we all want an option to where if you meet a rich guy, you want to be able to just take that out. Get pregnant. <laughs> um, and so I need some content for Instagram. Let's do this. <laughs> and, um, and so that was just like so appealing to me. And they, they came to me and, you know, they were like, oh, this program or this um, campaign is called Just Say Vagina. And I was like, I had been like hoodwinked a couple of times with people that were like, we're like pro woman and pro saying vagina. And then you get on set and they're like, actually, we need you to say Fifi, Fufu, <laughs> 
or like flour. And I was just like, oh, geez. And then I, now I'm embarrassed. So they're the real deal. They walk the walk and uh, their websites just say innovera.com. Like I'm not, and by the way, everyone find whatever birth control works for you. Birth control is antidepressants. Like I'm really like open about what I'm on, yeah. but that doesn't mean that every woman is wildly different, which is I think the conversation that really needs to be had, which is like, you know, like, you know, when you have sex with a guy and they like do something that's like a trick, like a on your vagina or something. And you're like, okay, now I know exactly how your ex-girlfriend has an orgasm. Exactly. I always <laughs> say that, like what they do to you is exactly what their ex liked. It's so- I'm like, I know so much about your ex. It's uh-huh. it, like shocking. But now <laughs> your ex uh, and I uh, do not have the same vagina, shocker. And, um, and so there's a whole other, you know, you have to go, okay, we're different women. Right. And I think a lot of these uh, historically male doctors are like, well, all women are the same. I'm better like- all our neurochemicals and, and hormone change like by the hour. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really big on our emotions are not a liability. They're a superpower and being sad and being to me, my definition of like happiness at this point is like when something's sad, I cry. And when something's good, I'm happy instead of when something's sad, I'm like laughing and in denial about it and, and, and pretending it's not happening. And when something's good, I'm waiting for the shoe to drop, you know? So in life, I believe that, that the hard things should be hard Mm -hmm. and the easy things should be easy. When the, the things that should be easy are hard. That's when something's going on in your life that you need to change. So yeah. This should be easy. Birth control should be easy. Women are in the workplace. They're busy. They have stuff to do. They have like the world to take over and they're sitting in pharmacies for six and a half hours trying to get their birth control. It's ridiculous. Yeah. What is something about you that is off brand? What does that mean? So like, you know, you have your brand, like you're Whitney Cummings, like you're a comedian, like you're hilarious, like you are cute. Like what is something that is like totally something that no one would expect that you do or feel or when you're alone or whatever? That's a great question. And let me think about it because I'm so dysmorphic about myself. And I also am so, there's such a dissonance between, I think, like, I think I put a bunch of stuff out there. Like I, like, if you listen to my podcast, I think I like say everything about myself. And some people are like, what? Oh, maybe it's this. Uh, I think people know that I'm obsessed with horses and I rescue, abuse, show horses and race horses and stuff, but I'm very anti-polo and uh, horse racing because that's all abuse to animals. Mm. And I think that the way that we treat our animals is very congruous in, in, as a society in the way that we treat our other voiceless women, children, people of color. So to me, it always starts with like learning how to be compassionate towards animals when you're very young so that you're trained to not exploit voiceless things. So when people just like grab a horse and put a kid on it, and then like, it's just like the kid is learning if something's voiceless, just use it for your own uh, amusement. But yeah, that I'm anti a lot of the horse, I'm a horse girl, but then everyone's like, yeah, let's go to the racetracks. And I'm like, I literally, I mean, the horse carriages in New York, like it, it, I, I truly, I have such yeah, ancestral, so up. I like want to, I want to like blow my brains out. So that maybe, um, that, I, oh, I mean, you'll see this in my next special. It's sort of like, I think a lot of people are like, you're like the voice of like, like, or I don't know, of women and, and empowerment. But I think that for me, empowerment as I get older is not like aligning with the alt left, like bullies mm. of the way, like to me, it's like yeah. when people, I get into, I get into rooms a lot now and they're like, okay, let's make this, this TV show about this woman. And she's like a high powered lawyer. And I'm like, can she be like a florist? Right. If that, and they're like, well, no, I mean, that's so like, and I'm like, if a woman wants to be a florist and is a florist, that doesn't mean she's not a feminist. Not every feminist has to be like a high powered lawyer. Like yeah, you're trying, you're so trying, you're trying to make women just be men. 
like if a woman starts her own wedding planning company or like a calligraphy company, like that's not less like everyone's like you have to own nine corporations and be the woman from Bumble in order to be a girl boss now. It's like, no, no, no. Like if you, you know, like, you know, build greenhouses, like that's, that's boss bitch to me. So I think we're now, I'm, I'm a little bit this next stage where everyone's like, yes. And, and women have to direct every movie. I'm like, I don't want to direct that movie. Like, (laughs) I don't, I don't want to have to do that. Now we're back to us doing things we don't want to do uh, to now please like the alt left female bullies or whatever. So it's like that movie wasn't directed by a woman yet. Every woman passed on it because it shot in New Zealand for nine months. They, <laughs> right, they, right. So when they say like there's certain, um, you know, this many percent of female directors, it's like, yeah, every woman I know passed on that movie because they didn't want to leave their kid for nine months. Right. So I'm passing on this super feminist thing because I'm going to take care of myself. So yeah. martyring ourselves for some vague version of what girl power or feminism is supposed to look like, that to me, I see a lot of women that are like, oh, I have to go to this women's empowerment event and then I have to do this thing. And you're like, okay, no, no, this isn't what it's supposed to be. You're supposed right, to be able to do what- that's not empowerment. And then I get really twisted up because they're like, uh, people will be like, hey, can you come speak on this women's empowerment, women in business panel? And I'm like, sure, how much are you pay me? And they're like, oh, well, there's no pay. And I'm like, then I'm not doing it. Right, right. Empower me by paying me. I'm setting the wrong example by showing up for free and going, hey, guys, give away your time and energy for free for, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know if that is off brand, but it's probably like a little bit surprising when I... No, I love that. That's... Talk like that. ...is amazing. Can you leave us with like just one last quote or piece of advice that you live by or just something that like, you know, has helped you throughout the years? Don't go to the problem for the solution. Say half of what you want to say. No email should be longer than two sentences. That's a fact. And put on your, um, what's it called? Desk or something. I'm at capacity at the moment. Can I circle back when I have more information? Mm. Like Mm. the art of saying no. Women have to start saying no. This whole like, I say yes, let's say yes to everything. Say yes to life. If If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And never take a question in person only via, so someone's like, Hey, can you do my event into, I'm like, just email me. You got to email me. I don't take any requests in person. Cause then I'll be like, sure. I'll just cave. Not right. anymore. But I say, email to me, email to me. So then I can look at my calendar, look at the day before, look at the day after ask, find out where the event is. Cause then you say yes. And then you find out it's 30 miles away. <laughs> I'm doing something at four. Now, now I've allowed this person to trash my time. Yeah. So only an email. Always. If you're going to fire someone, any uncomfortable conversations, put an email. Always. I've been sued for not doing that. As discussed, just confirming we're no longer working together. This is the payout. Everything in email. Always. If you're mad at someone, take three days before you talk to them about it. I love that. I love the wisdom. Problem might be you. (laughs) Thank you so much, Whitney. Where can everyone find you and follow you and hear more about Anavera? Pornhub. (laughs) <laughs> um, just WhitneyCummings.com and just say vagina.com. I can't believe they got that handle. I love it. Thank you so much, Whitney. 